Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sons of Saturday podcast, and happy Halloween. Running on one uh, twenty in the morning here on Halloween. Also, huge, huge shout-out to the Nationals on winning their first uh, World Series. That was awesome. It actually happened in the middle of or towards the tail end of us recording the podcast. As far as that podcast talk goes, we're going to talk a little bit about the trip to Virginia Tech, not including the game. We're going to talk about how we spent the bye week. I was at LSU. The guys were watching some football here. We're going to go over the lay of the land in the ACC and our remaining schedule, kind of run through that, give a couple cases for different defensive coordinators we may want to see um, pursuing that spot there, and the lunch pail. Is that staying? Is that going? we got to find out. And also some letters from the lunch pail, including Halloween candy power rankings, which are huge. Also, before we get started, last thing, if you haven't seen it yet and you are a current student at Virginia Tech, we are giving away three, that is three, T-H-R-E-E, Benny's Marzano's Pizzas to those of you who are following us and reply to our tweet with a picture of or your favorite pictures from homecoming weekend. So make sure you go, throw us a follow, Sons of Sat VT. Send us some pictures. Let us know if you're going to the Notre Dame game. This is a fun podcast. We're looking forward to it late in the week, but you know what? It is what it is. It's a bye week. Let's get after it. Here's our interview with Terrell. All right, everybody. As promised, we are joined by senior captain and fellow New Jerseyan and three-time hard hat award winner, Terrell Smith. Terrell, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's an honor to be on this podcast with you. Uh, what are we up to? What are we doing today? Uh, today, I uh, woke up early, early wake up, about 5.30, got over there, uh, got in the weight room, Coach Schumann and Coach Hilgard, you know how that could be. Uh, hit that for a little bit, then I got some treatment, um, and then I went out to practice, so... Did some homework today, but pretty solid day. How you feeling, though? After uh, Torn Patella, doing the rehab thing with Keith, with Mike, how's everything going? Uh, it's, it's going well. Uh, in there every day, um, just getting the knee right uh, day by day, trying to get back healthy, stuff like that. So um, it's a grind, but it's getting better. Gotcha. All right, so a couple questions for you here. Obviously, um, tell us a little bit about the Leadership Council. I know you're on it. Obviously, like the running kind of joke or, or thing that everybody is talking about is, well, Coach Fuente this offseason finally added turkey bacon. Obviously, you guys do a little bit more than just like add turkey bacon to the breakfast. Now, everybody does love turkey bacon. Well, not everybody, sure, but, sure. you know. So what what is the Leadership Council? What do you guys do and uh, just kind of go over that for those who may not understand what it is and think that it's just a turkey bacon committee. <laughs> no, um, it's a group of guys uh, that the coaching staff or Coach Fu um, just picked out to um, help them with uh, some decisions. Um, we really, believe it or not, we have some say, but at the end of the day, Coach Fu makes all the decisions. So um, when uh, it came down to breakfast, uh, some people don't eat pork on the team, so a turkey bacon was a big deal for them. Uh, we have a saying like the uniforms, um, but at the end of the day, it's a it's all what Coach Fu wants. I'm um, just certain decisions uh, that he may or questions he may ask have for the, uh, for the team who come to us first and uh, see what we think about it, and then um, he addresses the team. So it's nothing uh, too crazy or wild, but he just he selected these guys that he thinks uh, represent the team well, and we uh, help him as much as we can. 
And another big question that a lot of people have is obviously you watch Coach Fuente and speaking to the media and, and all of his media availability. And, you know, the most frustrating thing for me is hearing a lot of people saying that he's not a player. He's not a player's coach or uh, he doesn't really come off as a personable guy. Can you just kind of give everybody a little bit of insight into who is Coach Fuente? If somebody asks you who is Coach Fuente the coach and who is Coach Fuente the person, what is it like to play for him? Nah, Fu's the man. Um, he may seem uh, unapproachable, stuff like that, but uh, he he's in, you see him in the locker room joking around with us, uh, bumping people around in practice. Like he he loves his guys. We love him. Like we love playing for him. Um, I guess like it may not be can't see that from the outside, but in that locker room, I can promise you that everyone would do anything Coach Fu says. So uh, I think he has us, and we're all bought into what he coaches us up on. And what is what is the closest of the team right now? Obviously, it looks like you guys are just having a ton of fun, and that comes with winning. But it just looks like everybody's playing together. You guys got a bunch of young guys, and kind of speak. Who are the young leaders of this team? You are uh, one of a handful of seniors. If you had to say, who are the young leaders that um, are stepping up and kind of taking on a leadership role that um, you know maybe wouldn't be open with an older football team? Uh, honestly, I believe it's just a, a group effort. Uh, obviously, you have guys like. Uh... Mario Kendricks and Nero Pollard on the D-line who've um, played a lot of reps as a true freshman. Uh, Shamari Connor has um, just balled out all season. He, Him, Jermaine Waller, those are all guys. Um, Brian Hudson and Doug Nestor came as true freshmen playing on the offensive line. That's a big deal. So those guys uh, stepped into a lot of reps and have done well. And um, leadership just comes with that, and they've all done a great job with it. Awesome. And then uh, one more here for you. Brock Hoffman. So he comes in, um, obviously, uh, disappointing outcome. But kind of just tell us who who is Brock Hoffman? What is he like? Um, he looks like he's super supportive, super fired up on the sidelines, fired up at practice. Um, what is he like as an individual to be around? <laughs> Brock is the man. Brock uh, has energy all the time. Uh, Brock is the offensive lineman that you want on your team. Um, if I can... If I was a coach and I wanted to pick five goal linemen, I'd, I'd pick five Brocks. Uh, he's just a, a gritty guy, uh, loves his team. Um, he's just, he, he's a cool dude and I love him. couple questions here for you from the peanut gallery. Uh, Jack Click wants to know, why can't you stop the QB draw? Uh, tell Jack Click we could play Madden right now. I'm on an eight-game winning streak. What do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to do, bro? Go to campus food. Uh, I would probably say in West End, the little rap place. I don't know the name of it. Rap World. Rap World. Uh, the Buffalo Chicken Wrap, White Rice, Peppers, Onions, Extra Ranch. Okay. Okay. And then CJ Carroll wants to know, why do you go crazy every time you hear Turbulence by Steve Aoki? <laughs> oh, man. That's probably his fault. He probably played it one too many times, and I just... Uh, I just I lose it when it comes on. So if you want to see me go wild, just play that anywhere, and I'll probably lose my mind. <laughs> All right, a couple rapid-fire questions here, and then I'll let you go. I know I know you're playing a little bit of Madden, so I don't want to take up too much time, <laughs> much of your time. Rapid-fire here. I want you to give me the first teammate that comes to your mind when I say oh, man, when man. I say these different these different options. Zombie apocalypse occurs. You get to pick one side man, one guy that you got to go through the whole thing with. Who is it? Zachariah Hoyt. Zachariah Hoyt, got it. <laughs> best, best, best dressed. Oh, that is best dressed. Uh, um, 
Alright, pass. We're gonna come back to it. Pass, pass. Alright, funniest. Funniest? Uh Rayshard Ashby. Rayshard Ashby. You get to phone a friend on who wants to be a millionaire for the million dollar question. Who do you trust to phone? Uh I'm going a smart guy. Who's smart in our team? Uh, I'm gonna go offensive lineman, because I okay. trust those guys with everything. Um I'm gonna go Gene Castleberg. Gene Castleberg is the smartest person on planet Earth, and I'm, and I'm calling him for anything I need. Okay, Gene Castleberg. <laughs> Favorite uniform combo? Uh, all white, icy. All white, icy. Okay, what 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 white helmets? The Bosco, the Bosco white Jones or what? No, uh, the uniform uh, we wore this year versus Duke. Okay, those were icy. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. Favorite non-football Virginia Tech memory? Um, honestly, uh, we have a good group. Of, I got a good group of friends uh, with former teammates and stuff like that. So the amount of times there's been like 15, 20 guys on the house and we're cracking jokes, playing games, uh, probably going to the pool, stuff like that. Those are just memories I'll have forever. Got you. All right, and we'll come back to this one last time. The best dressed. Best dressed. Um. Hendon Hooker has some some fits now, but I'm gonna get, I'm gonna say some Ish Cisse, Quincy Patterson, Armani Chapman, and myself throwing yourself uh, in the mix. Damon, Damon Hazelton has some feet, has some shoes that are next level. If you were to step in that closet and look at their shoes, you'd be you see some crazy stuff. So those guys, I'm gonna say those guys and their shoe collection is something crazy. Okay, all right, well. Terrell, this has been awesome. Do you have any sh- anybody you want to shout out? Any obviously shout out to New Jersey, shout out uh, Paramus Catholic, shout out you know Don Bosco. Yeah, I, don't, I don't shout out Paramus Catholic, but uh, <laughs> just a shout out to uh, the offensive line, Virginia Tech. Those are all my brothers. Love those boys. Shout out to uh, Kyle Chung. Uh, he's in Blacksburg right now. That's my dog. Uh, and if my mom's listening, hi mom. There you go. Terrell, appreciate it, dog. I will see you in a few weeks for the pit game. Appreciate uh, your 10 minutes, and uh, go continue that Madden win streak. Of course, bro. Thanks for having me. Take care, bro. Love. I love you. All right, everybody. We're back. We are back, and it is time to talk. We're in the middle of the week, bye weeks. You know how those go. Traveling back, traveling to, traveling fro. You know, just a bunch of weird stuff. So, Pat. Who has the haiku this week? What's the haiku? Hey, Bill. Uh, hang on. Before we get into this haiku, I got to address something that I was just kind of uh, freaked out, maybe even spooked would be the appropriate verbiage. It is mischief night. Tonight is the uh, the night of Halloween Eve. Uh, in, in New Jersey, where Bill and I are from, they call it mischief night. I don't think they call it that in the other 49 states. But, they do uh, not. In South Jersey, they call they don't call it cabbage night. I I don't know what that means, but I saw on Twitter a video put out by UVA Football. I don't know if uh, everyone saw this. They did their uniform reveal for Saturday's game at North Carolina, and they're rocking the all-whites. Uniforms look pretty good, and it's Bryce Perkins, uh, you know, unveiling this uniform. <laughs> In the spirit of Halloween, they have him just walk out from behind a tree in a forest revving up a chainsaw this dude is like, vroom, 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 vroom. It's but, like but 
But what about Dude. his shoulders? Like he's acting like he's holding like a like a mini machine gun. Like there's no way either you are extremely weak or I don't understand why that chainsaw is reverberating through your entire body. They told him to shake it to make it look heavier. It's like, yeah, man, really just kind of just kind of jitter that thing and make it look like it weighs like a freaking kettlebell. I'm not going to lie. I don't know anybody. <laughs> I don't know fooling anybody. I don't know. I tweeted it. I think it was Don V. And he said, don't fumble the chainsaw. That might get ugly. <laughs> <laughs> don't fumble the chainsaw. It's bad burn before the season. Don't fumble the hammer. Oh, uh, man. But, yeah, we had to talk about that. That's the weirdest thing I've seen this week on Twitter. But very, very on brand for UVA football. So, you know, way to, be, way to stick on brand, UVA football. Uh, you never cease to confuse all of us. Anywho, here's our, our hooky haiku for the bye week, submitted by the pride of the Virginia Tech class of 2015, good friend of mine, Bijan Peters. Now, Bijan submits it here. Our haiku. Pokies earned the bye. Still can't believe 6 OT beat the Leprechauns. Thank you, Bijan. That was great. As always, got to do the, got to clap it up. <laughs> I love that, guys. We have a new haiku submission here. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't know how many of our listeners would know what a haiku is, but you know, we're rolling right along. Rolling right along. Speaking of rolling right along, guys, we, uh, we, we had a little bit of a, just a little bit of a long podcast last week. Um, <laughs> two hours for everybody who listened. Thank you so much. We know it kind of dragged on, but. How often does six OTs happen? Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, you had to give us that one. Um, one thing we actually didn't get to talk about last week was really kind of like the the weekend itself and and how great it was to to be back in Blacksburg and more what we did in the process of uh, advertising ourselves and passing out the buttons and ESPN Blacksburg and all that stuff. Um, Bill had had the buttons delivered to my house and uh he, he was texting express me order express order to, to my house and he was like grayson i'm gonna meet you over in lot one but what i want you to do is i want you to go to center street and i want you to pass them all out as many as you can and then i'll meet you i'll meet you in lot one and then i'm gonna pass some out and then we're gonna give some to pat and we're just gonna <laughs> pass out bunch of buttons and it's like uh it's like bill said in our little beer review pins are falling pins are falling and i gotta tell you they were a smash hit anybody i mean hot cakes they went like hot cakes people were coming up to me coming up to bill coming up to Pat. like oh my gosh like i love those buttons like and, and and it was so cool because like people didn't realize that it was for a podcast they probably just thought uh these clowns this is some like sec greek life like oh so it's a saturday here no baby we got a podcast and it went like hotcakes so that was super cool um a personal favorite part of the weekend for me was when we all got to town thursday night we all went downtown bill pat and i uh we all were all wearing like athletic clothing we weren't trying to impress anybody (laughs) that was great i don't know why i didn't do that more in college I did that um, all the time in college. <laughs> I, I, you know what? That's actually true. That's actually true. I do remember seeing you. You'd be like in a freaking Andrew Wiggins jersey. I'm like, okay, Bill, we don't go to Kansas. <laughs> all right? We don't go to Kansas. It was Kansas, a Frank Mason but... jersey, first of all. All right, all right. Well, regardless, we don't go to Kansas. So, uh, um, 
and I, I think another favorite part of my of, of last weekend was just the fact, man. Like in California, we don't have the foliage, and just seeing the Ooh, the, the leaves change foliage. colors, the foliage, man. That was so that was so great to be able to to see the colors uh, changing on the trees, and it, it it was it was good to be home, and and like fall is my favorite season. So to so to be there for that was truly special. What about you guys? I'll uh, yeah. I'll I'll pick this uh, I'll pick this up here. So obviously went out. Um, rocking the sweatpants, rocking the t-shirt. I had a long drive. I actually, so I missed the ABC exit. And for those of you that don't know anything about <laughs> Blacksburg or Virginia or, or 460, if you miss ABC, it's like 18 miles until, <laughs> until you can like make a U-turn <laughs> and go back to ABC. And I missed the exit because I was Snapchatting on my way. I was Snapchatting like the billboard, like everybody does when, when they're arriving. It- uh, I'm not so dangerous last podcast. Oh, so dangerous. But I mean, so dangerous. Gonna do it for the gram. Gonna do it for the snap. Um, so, so then I'm like in the left lane and it's like, oh, I missed my exit. And I'm like, it's cool. I'll just take the cop, uh, the cop roundabout jump. This is I'm incriminating myself here. And then uh, in, in the first one, somebody was sitting there. Second one, Pat traffic picked up. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to run through the blink 182 playlist one more time and I'll get there a little bit late. And then I finally pulled up in there. Stayed in Airbnb with the baseball guys. That was awesome. Had an amazing time there. And it was just, again, it was great to be home. Like, what a great, unbelievable football game. It was great to be with you guys. Uh, Blacksburg uh, Radio was incredible. Um, and last thing that I have here is, is honestly, like, the recognition of in the game. I watched, uh, I watched with Matt Galloway, who just ran a marathon. Shout out to him. And so many people saw the pins on the hat. And recognize me and like, oh, you're the you're the Sons of Saturday guy, right? Oh, I'm Hokey Master. Oh, and I run into uh, just all sorts of guys, and it was great. Doug Wilson, shout out to you. Um, but it, it was great to be home, see everybody, um, and uh, it was just an all around great time. Pat, you got to see your brother play uh, play uh, some some soccer, and you know what? I think it's pleasantly or unpleasantly ironic, depending on how you look at it, that. Uh, he is uh, a member of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish soccer team. Yeah, so that was the highlight of the weekend. One of the many highlights of the homecoming weekend was um, you know, seeing my brother and my family. So back to the story, my, my, uh, my folks met at Tech. Dad played soccer. Brother walked on the Notre Dame soccer team. He's a senior now. And it was really cool because um, the game was on Friday night before the homecoming football game on Saturday, which was fantastic. Get the whole family together. It was like our first time together in like six months. We're, you know, got to take the photo ops. This was his first time to Blacksburg um, since he's been on the team. Um, and that was just really cool. Uh, if you haven't been to a Friday night or any, any uh, night soccer game at Thompson Field for the Hokies... It's awesome. Um, It's a great place to watch a game. It's a beautiful stadium. You're lined up right on top of the field. And Tech Soccer plays very, very competitive soccer. Um, The ACC is hands down the best conference in college soccer. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great game. Tech beat Notre Dame. Uh, They've actually had Notre Dame's number the last few years. And current RPI for the Hokie soccer team is 10. So I think uh, I think we're going to have a good shot here going for the uh, AC tournament, NCAAs. Um, looking forward to that. 
maybe we'll do some uh, more in-depth soccer stuff uh, in a couple weeks. But yeah, that was awesome. And then um, I'll also have to note this. Um, after every single goal scored by Tech, they do a one of those like cool light show things that they've been doing like around the SEC these days in the stadiums where like they flicker the lights on and off. Really cool. Um, so that's awesome. But yeah, um, also on Friday, got to go to the bookstore uh, with Billy Ray. And um, we, we definitely have some, have some mixed thoughts about, about the bookstore. So this is the university bookstore on campus. Uh, actually just had brand new renovations. So, Which are uh, before, nice. Yeah, very nice. So before the renovations, the, uh, the books and the calculators and everything, your supplies were on the top floor and the merchandise and clothing and everything else was on the bottom floor. And um, now it's switched around. So it was flip-flopped. And, you know, although the, um, the appearance was great, the selection of clothing and swag is not that great. It's no. like walking around. It's like, hey, I definitely want to drop some bills here at the bookstore on some on a new quarter zip on a new polo you know what 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 you got for me and you walk in you walk around you circumnavigate the entire bookstore and you're oh just like gosh, I Pat, really, you are dropping some big words dude <laughs> i really don't love the selection here like what's going on nike contract like we're looking at these nike shirts and we're just like really like that's that's all they can do for us like that's all they can muster up you know there's you know some cutter and buck stuff which is nice um and then there's like a lot of generic off brands that you're like what is this um you know i, I want to see a little bit more peter Millar in there for the quarter zips and the polos because that's some quality stuff but overall i mean I, i've been to the usc bookstore i've been to the notre dame bookstore and you go you go into those bookstores and their merchandise and apparel is just absolutely off the charts. So I know, I don't know how much we have control over bringing in, you know, different um, clothing lines or not, but I mean, I want to see it stepped up a little bit. We're Virginia tech. We have, we have a nationally known brand and it would be awesome to see that bill. What did you think? Yeah, Pat, you hit the nail on the head there. The one thing that, uh, you know, I think kind of brings it all together and ties together what we were talking about is in our time in the bookstore, we were probably there for, you know, give or take 15 minutes. We spent most of the time there looking at these panoramic panoramic photos that they had of former games. Those were like the coolest thing in there. In terms of like what they had and the selection and the offerings, they were not great. There was nothing that blew me away. Uh, Virginia Tech, like you said, recognizable brand, but also awesome colors. Like LSU, LSU has great colors. You go in their bookstore. I went in their bookstore this past weekend. It was unbelievable. Everything in, I was like, I want to buy every item in this store <laughs> right now. Um, and that's just, uh, it's disappointing. We got We got to find a way to do a better job of uh, of having good stuff because at the tech bookstore, it's a great layout. The layout is nice, um, but. With colors that we have and, 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 and Hokie Stone and just like the mountains and everything, you can get really, really creative if you're one of those off-brands. And at the same time, like Nike, come on, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, show us something here. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, the bookstore, uh, the bookstore was a great trip. Where did you guys spend the, uh, spend the bye week? I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie, guys. In terms of the bye week, I was pretty lame. 
I, uh, I stayed in my apartment all day, Saturday, pretty much. I, uh, I, I did watch a little bit of the LSU-Auburn game. Great game. Bill was there. That's absolutely insane. Um, and then I also, I caught the tail end because <laughs> I did, my roommates and I did throw a Halloween party on Saturday night. Crazy. Uh, sh- <laughs> shameless plug. Um, was a great time, but I actually ended up, uh, we, we were prepping for that. So I cut the Michigan Notre Dame game on at around the middle of the third quarter. Could not believe my eyes. But other than that, I just chilled. Uh, Bill, you were at the LSU game. Tell us a little bit about the, that whole experience, man. I'm very curious. First and foremost, shout out to the Crowdis family for their hospitality. Um, got to spend some time with the cousins in Homa. Then we went to Baton Rouge. Have to say, the Baton Rouge song that they play is absolutely awesome. An all-timer by Garth Brooks. The coolest thing about the entire game atmosphere was pregame. The band picks different locations in what would be our parking lot-ish area and warms up. So I, uh, one of my cousin's roommates used to be, or he's, uh, they're good friends, used to be in the drum line at LSU. So he's like, just, just trust me. Like, come over here. There's gonna be some, there's gonna be some fireness that goes down over here. And I'm like, okay, like, we're heading over yonder. Let's see what's going on. You got all these people cooking like crayfish and uh, tiger bait, tiger bait. So I'm like, all right, dude, crawfish boy, yeah. crawfish, what, whatever. Uh, no cooking, cooking up their gumbo. And I go over, and this drum line just gets in a big circle. This guy's like, get out of the way, get out of the way. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right, all right. Snapchat, Snapchattery is about to happen here. So then they start, and just like, just awesome sauce. Just start playing the drums, and I felt like you know Dale Doback was over there, just ripping the drums, ripping the snares. And then the the tubas come, they circle around them, they start doing that like lean back and forth thing with the big tubas. I'm looking at our reflection in it, I'm like, and that was just awesome. And then they all play, and then for the last like grand finale, all the uh, alumni go in. They taught the current players toss them their sticks, and they just go nuts on the drums. And then the whole group like it's all that's like their Super Bowl. They all hug. They're they're going crazy. People are cheering for them. That was awesome. In terms of the game day experience, extremely loud. Extremely great football game. I think they were both top 10 at the time. LSU is now the number one team in the country. But it's very different than Virginia Tech. Very different. Um, they they have vulgar chance, uh, which, I, I mean, it was cool. Um, but everybody <laughs> is so intoxicated that they're not able to, like, fully pay attention to the game or fully, like, cohere what's going on. So there's not a lot of, like, unit – like, they would never be able to do the Sandman if they cut the music off. Like, you would think that they're singing, like, in, in French. You would have no idea what they're saying. Um, it was Ed O. That's, the apple doesn't fall far from the head coach. The apple does not far fall far from the head coach at all. <laughs> um, and, but it was awesome. That's it not, was loud. Wait, I need to get – Ed O is intoxicated. But no, but you can't you understand what he's saying. You know what we're saying here. Um, I mean, you can't be intoxicated in coaching games and have a number one team in the country. So, you know, that's, that's how that goes. Um, but an incredible, an incredible atmosphere. I got to go back for a night game. I will say maybe it just comes down to I've heard so many people talk about how it's better than anything ever in the world ever. Um, so, you know, which begs the question, 
what are some of the best environments that we have been in, fellas? I mean, do we uh, let's do a top three uh, environments that we have been in? I'll kick it off with mine in terms of a uh, of a spectator here. Um, I'm definitely gonna have to go with a Penn State whiteout. The Penn State whiteout I went to in high school, it was absolutely unbelievable there. Um, and then the Notre Dame Virginia Tech matchup that was awesome when we striped the stadium. I thought that was just incredible. Uh, and then Army Navy, the Army Navy game, just in terms oh. of the pageantry and 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 everything like that. It was just the uniforms, and uh, I mean, it was it was. It's a spectacle. I don't care what you think about the triple option. It's it's unbelievable. I'm so jealous, dude. That's like that's like on my bucket list of games to go to. I watch that every year on TV. Bill, I mean, your brother uh, is at the Naval Academy. Correct me if I'm plays football at the Naval Academy. Shout out Jackson, um, man. Shout, shout out Jackson. Jackson, baby. Uh, it's, it's really cool, man, that your brother goes to Navy. One of my closest friends, shout out John Stockdale is a West Point graduate. Uh, so ever since, ever since I, um, I like that's happened. I'm sorry, Bill, go army beat Navy. You got to do it to him. But, uh, in, in terms of my three favorite environments, man, I'm going to go off the books here and not, and not say a tech game as, as my number one, um, the Rose Bowl. I, I, I've talked about this a little bit before. I did see the Rose Bowl this past year, and oh my gosh. That might be one of the coolest venues in all of college football. It's the granddaddy of them all. you got the Rocky Mountains in the background. Oh. Such a historic stadium. That neon light comes on. I think I'd give my left hand to see the Virginia Tech Hokies play in it. Uh, we, did, we did a little tweet on our Twitter account, home and home maybe with UCLA. Maybe that's how it happens. I know we'd show out. Hokie Nation would pull up to Pasadena in droves. And, oh, my gosh, that'd be incredible. Uh, Number two, uh, 2008, I was at the Virginia Tech-Nebraska game. Lincoln, I mean, they're throwing up the X's. That's uh, the the Cornhuskers. That environment was crazy outside of that stadium, man. It's just cornfields. It's no exaggeration. I was going to say, I think everybody in Nebraska goes to the game. I mean, it's, it's community event. And then, and then third, at least in recent years. And, and this one I think is starting to get a little, a little bit watered down. People are probably sick of hearing me talk about it, but Florida state and Tallahassee, all I'm going to say, Tallahassee, if you were there, you know, that Tallahassee knows how to party. Pat, what do you got? (laughs) Yeah, so um, I'll start it off with September 6th, 2014 in the Horseshoe. If you're a Hokie fan and you were there that night, you know that it was one of the best nights of your life as a sports fan. Um, Hearing so many things about how the Horseshoe is going to be so loud, um, how, you know, we came all this way to get our butts kicked. That's what these state troopers told us at the gas station an hour outside of Columbus. And... um, (laughs) <laughs> it didn't happen. I mean, it was awesome. Donovan Riley with the capper of the night. Donovan Riley. And uh, just the riots that happened back home in Blacksburg. Oh, uh, sick. Parading in the streets. <laughs> All those sorry fools who didn't didn't strap up and buy tickets and go. I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, that's definitely number one up there. Number two, I will say a very cool experience was the Notre Dame-Georgia game at Notre Dame. Uh, in 2017. So 
Uh, that was Jake Fromm's first ever road game as a starter, I'm pretty sure. And uh, it was a super hyped up game. I think it was a top 10 matchup. But seeing how many fans Georgia brought to Notre Dame, I think they were between 30 and 40,000 red and black fans donned up in the stands. Uh, came in from Atlanta, came in from all over the country, honestly. I don't even know. But um, they just completely occupied South Bend and took over this stadium. And before the fourth quarter, they do this light thing where they turn on their uh, their iPhone lights and wave them around uh, before the fourth quarter. And seeing these lights come on, it was just like, wow, Like this opposing fan base showed up and showed out. And then they went in and... Uh, forced a turnover, won the game with a really cool catch um, at the end there. Uh, so that's number two. And uh, honorable mention, um, well, not honorable mention, but honestly, the George Notre Dame game that me and Bill have talked about so many times uh, a couple weeks back uh, was probably All the best time. college football atmosphere I've ever been to in my entire life. But we have uh, beaten, that, beaten that horse many times, and we can talk about other games. Uh, Number three, I want to talk about the Bama-Virginia Tech game in 2009, September 5th. Uh, we were number seven. I believe Bama was number five. That was Tyrod versus Greg McElroy. Uh, they had, I want to say, Mark Ingram. They had, I think, I think Trent Richardson was on the roster. They had Julio Jones, Javier Arenas, Orlando McClain, Terrence Cody. Terrence had, Cody. <laughs> he was so uh, big. He was like Hagrid, too. He was a huge guy. Um, <laughs> Terrence Cody. We got Tyrod. We got Darrell Roberts, uh, Boykin, Danny Cole, uh, Ryan Williams. You know, just stud defense, Chancellor. Um, it was just an awesome game, but also one of the loudest games I've ever been to. That was just the pinnacle of college football meeting in Atlanta. Chick-fil-A kickoff to kick off the year. And, you know, we were going toe-to-toe with them all game. Uh, we were up in the fourth quarter, 17-16, and they pulled away and put some points on the board in the fourth. But uh, that was an awesome experience, too. Uh, but, yeah, some honorable mentions down here. Um, Florida, Georgia went to the uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party game last fall in Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville is not a fun city. It's kind of – there's just not much to do. It's kind of a dud. If you want to have fun, go out to Jacksonville Beach. Uh, there's this place called Lynch's, Lynch's Irish Pub. All the Georgia-Florida fans line up there. It was awesome. Um, Georgia looked great that day, too. And then, uh, other honorable mention, UVA. It's great going to Scott Stadium because you can count on us taking up half the stadium. So, always a great time in Scott Stadium. And then, uh, another shout-out to Boston College. Terrible. Terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible experience. Myself and Billy were up there uh, Labor Day weekend. It was it was a fun weekend because Boston rules. rules. But Boston College, man, you guys do not know how to tailgate in any way, shape, or form. And they pump in the crowd noise. Their fans freak out if you stand up. It was honestly not great and could be a lot better. I'm not here to bash Boston College, but I'm just saying – I didn't have that much fun at your stadium or your tailgate. What did you expect? What did you expect? I mean, come on. The expectations were not high. They were not high. Boston, by all by all regards, is the best sports city. You can't have you can't have uh, you know yeah. It's not going to be a perfect ten. So, Um, ACC overview, guys. Could we have not had a better bye week? I mean, 
everybody. We, we won. We won, we won we, our we, bye week. We went one to zero in the bye week, man. Every team that we needed to lose <laughs> lost. Like, like you literally couldn't draw it up any better than that. UNC beat Duke. UVA loses to Louisville. Like, and then, and then Miami beats Pittsburgh. That's the one that I was not expecting. That no, was all, no, that, no, no. The one that was not expected. I told all week, I'm like, dude, it'd be great if UNC could beat Duke, but UNC just played in six overtimes. They're exhausted. Like, I, I'm sorry. This is just going to be unfortunate. I cannot believe that they beat Duke. I can't believe Duke threw a jump pass <laughs> on the one yard line. I mean, Cutcliffe, man, yeah. stones, dude, stones, the, steel. Stone, stones of idiocracy is what is really what it, uh, what it comes down to. You trying to throw an alley oop, I guess. Um, Grayson, you are our emotional and like to call themselves um, true to true to the truth, a truth seeker. Um, so yes. what we're going to do here is do a little bit of a confidence rating of our upcoming schedule here. Um, why don't you go down, intro the game, give us your opinion, and me and Pat will weigh in. All right, so this is what I'm going to do here. I'm going to go down the line, and I'm going to rate how I feel about these games on a color system. Green is, I feel really good about it. Yellow is, okay. eh, could go either way. Red is, no shot. Like, okay. I, I just, I'm not confident at all. Okay. Um, so, first off, let me point out the last games in order that we have on our schedule are against number 16, Notre Dame, number 23, Wake Forest, the unranked Georgia Tech, and unranked currently Pittsburgh, and a very unranked University of Virginia. So, first game this weekend, Notre Dame. I'm going to say yellow. I'm going to say a yellow. What have you done and with Grayson? I, I'm telling you, man. And it's because of that Michigan game. I was like, did they just expose them? Or is just Notre Dame not that good this year? Now, that's not to their discredit, because I still think Notre Dame is a very, very talented team. And no offense to my Hokies, I think they're t- way more talented than we are. Uh, they're, they are on another level than us right now but given with given their performance against michigan i'm not gonna say that we're gonna get blown out but uh i i could also see us winning that game i really could number two wake forest um whoa whoa whoa, g-dog do we get to weigh in here or is this the grace wimbish show here I'm going to let you weigh in. I'm going to let you weigh in, but I'm going to go straight down the line. You guys follow suit. All right. Well, hey, number two. Number two, Wake Forest. Uh, Another yellow. Could go either way. I don't really know. They're the the one team in the ACC this year that I'm just like, I don't don't get you guys. You're good, but, like, how good are you? Number three, Georgia Tech. Green light pedal to the metal. I actually think we throttled them this year. That Fuente would hasn't nice. that would that would be nice. Fuente has not beaten Georgia Tech and uh quite frankly I'm tired of it. And the I, last week I called it the triple offense. I, I don't know. I was out to lunch. The triple option is not a thing there anymore. <laughs> and uh yeah, I, I, I really think that we are we, we we are going to boat race them. 
book it. Uh, for Pittsburgh, this is uh, this is my only red light. I think, and I've said this before, I think we lose to them. I don't know why. They just show up. They are our kryptonite. They have been for years. We're going to lose to Pittsburgh. I will put money on it. UVA, yellow light. Give Because of the streak, yellow light. And, I mean, they Louisville kind of exposed them. How, how good is UVA this year? Boys, go ahead. Pat, what do you got going down the line? Uh, Notre Dame green, baby. Let's go. <laughs> the eternal optimist. Uh, Vegas insider money line Hokies plus six ninety. Uh, Ooh. go for it. Green light on that too. We're doing double green light. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> seventeen and a half points. At least take Hokies with the points. Um, those guys at Notre Dame are. Still recovering from hypothermia from that hurricane or whatever they played through in Michigan uh, last Saturday. That looked like the most miserable four quarters I've ever seen. It it looked like North Carolina and Hurricane Matthew in 2016. But because Notre Dame is a program with class, they didn't make excuses for losing in hurricane-like uh, conditions. But I'm giving us the green light. I think, <laughs> I think we're gonna come out looking hot, um, as always, with Hendon Hooker at quarterback. And um, this is just how I how I, I think about things. So don't t- you know take that with a grain of salt. Uh, this is not advice that should be taken seriously. <laughs> Wake, Forest. Wake Forest, yellow light. Um, great quarterback play. Newman is fantastic, but also like. Who else is on this team? Like Sage Surratt is also outstanding. So that Newman to Surratt um, connection is going to be a test for our defense. Uh, probably Caleb Farley, uh, but we'll see about Wake. I'm really excited about the Wake game uh, because it's gonna, it should be a, ri- a ranked home game, and we haven't beaten a ranked team at home since Miami 2009, which is a decade ago. So please let's break that streak. Georgia Tech. Uh, couldn't be more green here. If Fuente loses to Georgia Tech four times in a row, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> Swan dive off of Tor Bridge. That's what you'll do. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then Pittsburgh. <laughs> Man. If you've ever been to Heinz Field, it's just, it's just the worst. <laughs> Their fans aren't very nice people, and they're they play a very, very boring brand of football. And then you got to deal with Narduzzi on the sideline, and that guy just dealing with him is a doozy, literally. Uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm liking uh, if you're mixing watercolors here. I like the uh, the green yellow mixture. Okay. And then UVA. Give me the green, baby. 16. Give me 16. Uh, Bryce Perkins, you're going to fumble it away again, my friend. Two-possession win in Charlottesville. That's the confidence rating. Here's what we got. Biggest strengths for us. We got two quarterbacks that can play. We got two quarterbacks that play hard. And we got two quarterbacks that don't turn the ball over. Small, uh, small sample size for Patterson, but we got an offense that possesses the ball. 
We got McLeese, who is playing out of his mind. Young football teams get better with time. The team will continue to get better, which is awesome. We have put up 485 yards plus in the last two games. In our last three, we scored 42, 34, and 43. Uh, And the D-line has come to fruition. The D-line has been awesome. Uh, Biggest strengths for Notre Dame, Chase Claypool is an absolute manimal. This dude, me and Pat watched him play at Georgia. This kid is six foot four. It says he's two thirty online. That does not look correct. He ha- averages fifteen yards per catch against Georgia. He had six catches for sixty six yards and a touchdown. Who are we going to cover him with? I don't know. Um, that's going to be very interesting to see. Um, so, Caleb Farley. I was thinking, you know, Hunter is big enough to cover him, maybe. Uh, you still have to cover the tight ends, which is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but then last point that I'll, I'll make there is Ian Book has really regressed this year. Ian Book used to be laser accurate. He was a 68.2% completion percentage guy. This year he has regressed to 59.2. And also UVA sacked him four times. And you know what? I like us a lot more than I like UVA. So I'm interested to see what happens there. You, uh, But for Notre Dame, you're getting a – Almost like an if you mix a whole lot of mustard with like a dabble of hot sauce. So yellow nearing the red here. Uh, and then we'll go okay. to Wake Forest. Guys, got to find a way to win that game. That would be monumental here. Um, got to beat Wake. That'd be huge. Uh, I'll give that. I'll go green. I'll go green. We got to beat Wake. We're at home. Got to beat Wake. Lost to him last time in the six overtimes. It's meme central. That stuff's got to go. Uh, Pit. Truth. Pit is a straight yellow. Um, I have. What about GT, no... Bill? What about GT? That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I, I just forgot. Well, it's that's a green. So green for GT. I'll be there. Okay. <laughs> Pit. It's a yellow, man. I I I really have no idea. Um, you know, Pit is just weird. Like you said, fans are not cool. Their offense is not cool, but they come to play. Uh, you know the guys will be excited after last year. That was not fun to watch by any stretch of the imagination. I remember Good sitting on my Lord. couch. And, um, and then UVA, honestly, man, it was green after the uh, after the, the the Halloween thing. It's like neon green. And then I factored in the 150 helmets they wore two weeks ago, and now it's like strobe light neon green. We are beating jolly- UVA. Yes, Jolly Green, Giant yes. Green. We are beating UVA. I'm sorry, that's non-negotiable. Um, it, it's it's Coach Foster's last year. There's no way that we don't go out with a W. I'm sorry, that's the way that it's going to be, um, fellas. We've gotten a lot of questions. Joey Sorrentino, Andy Bird, Randy Phillips, Wacky Wico, uh, asking questions about the defensive coordinator position. Grayson, you're really uh, passionate about this, and I think you speak for most of Virginia Tech. Um, can you give us who your candidate and probably Virginia Tech uh, Twitter's leading candidate would be? I think the uh, the leading candidate is is pretty – whether he's leading or not, he's leading in my book. And I think the obvious choice that you absolutely have to reach out to is Torian Gray. Uh, he revolutionized – the Virginia Tech secondary under Bud Foster and coached some of our best defensive backs, whether that be the likes of Macho Harris, the Ken, you know, Kendall and Kyle Fuller, 
Brandon Flowers, any of those guys, he coached them. Uh, he's a phenomenal coach. He's a great recruiter. He relates to the boys. And at the, I, I get it. He's in Florida. That's where he's from. But he's not home. Not for real. He needs to come home and be our defensive coordinator. I know that there's talk there about there's some bad blood because he had to take a pay cut during the transition, and uh, that situation would have to be rectified in a big way for him to come back. They would have to throw him Bud Foster paper for him to even consider it, and he would have to squash whatever whatever beef he has with the, with the current coaching staff because of that, and hopefully they could move forward and be like, listen, we have a common goal here. We want to win. Torian Gray, it's time. This has, been, this has been a long time coming. You are no longer a defensive backs coach. You're a defensive coordinator. I think it's time. Bill, you've been very, very um, strong-headed about a certain candidate, a certain Chris Partridge, and I also think that that would be a great idea. But why don't you tell Hokie Nation – Assuming why, if if Torian Gray, if that doesn't, if that never comes to fruition, why should Chris Partridge be our next defensive coordinator? So obviously, I'm going to get the the Homer treatment here, or the um, you know lobbying treatment here. I've not talked to Coach Partridge about this at all. Uh, coach Partridge was my high school head coach. Uh, was hired at the University of Michigan to be a um, an assistant in the recruiting office and ended up uh, gradually climbing that ladder. He uh, moved up to the director of per, uh, player personnel, coached the linebackers in, in the bowl game when DJ Durkin departed to go to Maryland and then was offered a full-time role as a linebacker coach, um, which is a massive jump. That next year, 2017, he's promoted to a special teams coordinator. And then the next year in 2018, he was offered the Alabama linebacker job. Decided to stay at Michigan with Coach Harbaugh. They have an unbelievable relationship. I know he loves Ann Arbor. Again, I have no idea if he'd even be interested in this job. The reason that I think he is an a incredible pick for this spot is recruiting. He relates to players well, and numbers speak for themselves. 2016, 12th overall nationally. 2017, first overall nationally. Named the National Recruiter of the Year by Scout in 24-7. Uh, ranked as a top five recruiter in 2019. Um, the guy knows how to recruit. He knows how to get kids to play hard. He loves football. And he's been learning for the last few years under Don Brown, who is arguably with uh, Coach Foster, one of the best to do it. Um, in four years at Paramus Catholic, uh, he took a team that was ranked 4,250th nationally and 112th in the state to finish top 10 in the country, win two state championships, and produce 30 Division I football players in five years. Um, an incredible feat. He gets my stamp. I think he would do an incredible job. He loves the Northeast. He can recruit the, recruit the Northeast. So he is my submission 100%. And obviously has great ties to really successful players. Jabril Peppers in his, in his Heisman uh, campaign year. Uh, Devin Bush. Um, I mean, come on. That is, uh, that's my guy. I, I would love to see him coaching in Blacksburg. That's just uh, my shot in the dark there. But again, the uh, time spent as a college coach 
is not extensive. Um, but hey, again, the head coach at Tennessee was an offensive coordinator in high school like six years ago. So, you know, the, it, the, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Um, let's see. State of the pod, Pat. Our, Twilly already had their um, their earnings call. So why don't we just uh, let you lead the state of the uh, the podcast here? Yeah, so kind of just wanted to uh, address the state of Sons of Saturday at this point. I think this is our sixth or seventh episode. We we got started um, right after uh, the weekend. I believe it was week four of the college football season, um, September 23rd, 24th-ish. So we're just about over a month here, and it's been great. Um, but, yeah, really want to really plug our social media right now. Um, want to shout out our followers as well. The engagement has been terrific. Um, and you know, we have a store launching as far as like, uh, merchandise with t-shirts and buttons and stickers. And we're going to throw some hats on there, some sweatshirts, long sleeve tees, whatever. Um, you know, comment and tweet at us, you know, what do you want us to fire up on a t-shirt and we'll try to throw something together and do it. Uh, because you know, we'd like to kind of incorporate, as much cool stuff as we can, um, you know, as the course of the season develops here. But yeah, follow us on, Link- uh, on LinkedIn. Jeez, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Sons of Saturday. Follow us on Instagram. Sons of Sat VT. And um, also, you know, would love to set up some partnerships um, throughout the New River Valley, throughout Blacksburg, um, what have you, uh, because you know we we'd love to help um, help anyone take off, but also. Uh, would love this uh, podcast to take off as well. So tell your friends um, and just really help us spread the word because we're having a lot of fun doing this. But uh, you know, want as many Hokies to know about this podcast as possible. Um, and last thing, we're going to be doing some more giveaways. Um, so we have a Benny's giveaway going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you tweet at us, uh, reply or quote tweet or tweet um, about Benny's. We're giving away three Benny's pies for you to enjoy uh, watching the Notre Dame game on Saturday. Tweet at us your favorite homecoming pictures from a couple weeks ago, and uh, we'll select three lucky winners and send you a cheese pie to enjoy with all your friends to watch uh, or to enjoy as we watch and uh, beat Notre Dame. So, Engage with us there, and uh, yeah, look out for more giveaways down the line because we're having a ton of fun doing this. Letters from the lunch pail time, guys. First question is a ton of fun. I love fun. Uh, Halloween candy power <laughs> rankings. Um, what are our Halloween candy power rankings? I'm going to give you my top three here. I love Smarties because you only eat them on Halloween. So I'm a big Oh, sm- dude. So <laughs> weak. Is, is this week. is this my list or is this your list? Is, I'm, I'm sorry. Saying, you're already off to a bad start there, Pete. <laughs> is the, is this like, my yeah. list? The bad <laughs> options are when like you go to a house and somebody gives you pennies or nickels or they give you pretzels. Those are the bad or cheese it or che- uh, Cheetos and cheese it's. Those are the bad options. I like I like Smarties. You know what? I'll trade with you guys after we go trick or treating. I'll, I'll I'll take all your Smarties. Whatever. Um, Dale. And then then to get <laughs> the more uh, the more normal stuff. I love Reese's. I'm a big Reese's guy, and uh, I love Milky Way. Milky Way's awesome. It's underrated. You only eat it on Halloween, so those are my three. I think, uh, and and Bill, for the record, you said it right, and I got to give you so much. It is 
for everybody out there, I really want you to hear this. It is Reese's. You don't say Reese's Pieces. It is Reese's Pieces. So just so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm about to save a lot of you the trouble of sounding like a moron. Um, so just going forward, I'll lead with that. You know, Reese's is undefeated. I'll put that as number one. Number two, call me crazy, but I, uh, I'm i a big Three Musketeers guy. Nothing Always crazy about me. that. Come on. Yeah, I, yeah, a really big Three Musketeers guy. Uh, third, man, I'm a sucker for the peanut M&Ms. You give me those fun-sized packets, peanut M&Ms kick. Pat, what you got? Uh, yeah, so number one, going to go with the Kit Kat. Give me a break oh. in the Kit Kat bar. Good choice. Classic. It's awesome. Number two, Twix bar. I think Twix are awesome. Not really uh, out of left field like you guys with the Milky Way and the Three Musketeers. I feel like Milky Way and Three Musketeers are kind of like two-star, maybe three-star recruits, and then you develop them into a four and a five and, you know, first, second-round draft pick. It's a solid work on you guys. I think a, a Twix is a solid four-star. And then, uh, yeah, Reese's is number three. And thank you for bringing up the pronunciation because – that's a hill that I am just always willing to die on. It was invented by a man whose last name was Reese. And that should tell you all you need to know. It was his candy, so it was Reese's candy. Um, but yeah, that, that's my top three. And thank you for uh, for clarifying there. Sorry, sorry to go off on that tangent. I just really had to, man. Someone had to Set do it, Set the record dude. straight. Someone 100%. had to do it. And why not here at Sons of Saturday? We're going we're gonna, to... We're gonna help you all out. We wear multiple hats here. We work really hard. We try to we try to keep you guys informed and in the know about things that you need to know. And by the way, it's GIF, not GIF, but you know that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when does the twenty five jersey and lunch pail D moniker go away? I say at the end of the season. That's from Lloyd Muse. I think the twenty five jersey stays. I really like the twenty five jersey. I'm a huge fan. I'm not sure how you guys feel about it. I, I really like the twenty five jersey. There's something special about it. Um, and you know, I hope that, I hope that's here to stay as far as the lunch pail goes. Honestly, that's up, that's up to coach Foster is how I feel about it. He donned it. It's his thing. Um, what he wants to do with it is what he wants to do with it. And I completely respect that. But at the same standpoint, like, you know, I mean, think about guys like Dax and guys like Tisdale and guys like, uh, Hewitt. I mean, these guys like embody what LPD is and to, you know, take it away doesn't seem like a whole lot. Make it like it makes a whole lot of sense. But I'll end it off with this: if 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 Coach Foster does decide that the pail leaves with him, then uh, in true Indiana Jones fashion, I gotta say, it should be in a museum, and it needs to be in a museum. Uh, so that's how I feel about that. Sometimes we agree too much on this here thing, but I, I, I agree with you there. Guys like Dax, guys like Gerard Hewitt, they they embody that just. It's time to go to work. Let me grab my lunch pail. Blue collar mentality. Just boys from the South, just country boys, kids who were born to play football. And uh, I would be sad to see it go. But in another light, it's Foster's time and it is his thing. So if it goes, it goes. But if Torian Gray is hired, I think it stays. Here's my thing. I 
am definitely a proponent for it staying if if Bud wants to leave it in the hands of a Justin Hamilton who played on the lunch pail defense. Um, because I think Justin Hamilton is a guy who is going to have a very big leadership role at some point in time down the road. Um, whether it's on offense, defense, or special teams, probably defense. Um, and also like just what the lunch pail symbolizes, you know, road victories, digging up turf, putting it in there. You know, it has the names of the 32 Hokies from 416 in there. Like it just symbolizes so much. And I think taking it away would definitely have uh, kind of a uh, some type of emptiness, leave some emptiness in the program. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, it is completely up to Bud what he wants to do with it. Uh, but I think it would be really cool if it stayed and if it, you know, was passed along to someone who's played under Bud and Bud really trusts to, uh, to continue it uh, because it is so important to the identity of not just the defense, but the entire football program. I think, man, Pat, like you really just crushed that question. Honestly, yeah. as I, like you really, <laughs> over Bill and I, dude, you really said it best. And you're completely right on, on, on Coach Hamilton. I think he's a really special uh, guy on this staff, somebody that needs needs to be here. He's an OKG, uh, huge, huge, huge fan and huge uh, supporter of, of him, and I'm fired up to see um, his career continue to grow. So great, great point on that. Grady B. Baker asks, surprise performers at the midpoint of the season. Who do we got, fellas? You got to put Tisdale at number one, I think. Um, that dude has balled out. And then, um, on the offensive side, I think Tenuta on the offensive line, like you didn't think that Luke Tenuta would have a role on this offensive line at this point in the year, but this dude is not only being great on the offensive line, the mountain man he is, he's also blocking kicks on special teams with his cranium. What about you you guys? Incredible. I, uh, Honestly, they, they should call him the mountain, like in Game of Thrones. I digress. Anyway, uh, surprise performer for me on, on the defensive side of the ball, Caleb Farley. After last season, as inconsistent as he was in making tackles, uh, he's played, knock on wood, relatively consistent this season. Had a couple of interceptions, has been great on pass deflections, which... It's, it seemed to be a relic of a time gone by in our secondary. But uh, before he was injured against UNC and, and went out, uh, he was he was lighting it up. He was all over uh, all over the back uh, the defensive backfield, and I, I really have been impressed with him after kind of being really hard on him after last season on the offensive side of the ball. As bad as this sounds, is Deshaun McLeese, like, he didn't wow me that much last season either. And now it's just, like, credit to his offensive line, but the man is playing his butt off. Like, just really doing so much better than last season and even at just the very beginning of this season. Couldn't agree more. I want to double down on both of those. Um, those were both of my picks. To, to be quite honest, 
Farley's been incredible this year. Farley has not just been one of the best players on our defense. He's been one of the best DBs in the country. Um, he has been unbelievable. Uh, Pat, great pick with Tisdale. I'll just go with the guys up front. Uh, Hewitt, Hewitt played his best game of his career last week. Pollard's been great. A lot of people thought that the defensive line was going to be the weak point of this team. They have stepped up and done awesome. And the offensive line has filled in where they needed to fill in. I mean, you can just go down the line and, and talk about everybody there. Um, the next question that we have here uh, is from Randy Phillips. And he's curious about the lack of welcoming back former players. The big names get all the noise, but many starters and contributors are being left out in the cold. Um, I always feel welcomed back. I always, you know, I, I know this staff well. Um, I, res- I love this staff. We- I always make sure to pop into everyone's office, say hello. Uh, I always feel great coming home. So I haven't felt that way. But in terms of bringing people back from previous staffs, that's an entire athletic department's uh, it takes an entire athletic department to do right. And I think it is something that the athletic department is working on and something that we're getting better at. But definitely there's room for improvement there. I, I wouldn't say that people are put out in the cold or, or not welcomed back. I think it just needs to be more of a group effort to uh, to make that happen more effectively. Um, next question that we have here is from Hokey KT. Rank wish list for home and home series. Uh, for me... I think it's a no-brainer that West Virginia needs to play Virginia Tech every year or Tennessee needs to play Virginia Tech every year. One of those two teams need to be on the home and home, or I don't know how it goes. We need to go back and forth but with one of those teams. I really want to go to a game at the Autzen Zoo in Eugene, Oregon. would love hmm. to have a home and home with Oregon. I think we have similar programs uh, in the fact that all not we're not blue blood programs but we've sniffed a national championship uh we've sniffed heismans or heisman contenders and um the the uniforms at one point we were like oregon light with the amount of uh different uniform combos we would come out with every week um you know in like 2015 2016 or whatever uh with the foghorn leghorn helmets and the uh the ridiculous combinations uh, but I think it would be awesome to not only host them, but also go out there as well. I honestly, I, I've said this once before, and I, so I'll keep it short. But, uh, man, I'd love to see us go home and home with the Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, it, just Kyle Field is such a college football institution. Both are public land-grant universities. Both have a core cadets. And just how cool would that be? For us to do, and we used to be—I mean, we used to play them all the time back when we were in the Big East. So to to do a little revival there, uh, especially with them having Jimbo Fisher as their head coach, I think would be awesome. Couldn't agree. That's a, couldn't agree more. That's a great. Uh, that's a great option there. We have an unbelievable question here from Kevin Finn. Question being, how did you guys end up at Virginia Tech, and what schools were your plan B for me? I was recruited by uh, by Coach Cornell Brown and Brian Steinspring. Um, both of them, I felt uh, I felt great. Had good relationships with them. I love Coach Brown to death, um, even to this day. A great man, just 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 an honest and upfront and just relatable guy. Um, so really appreciate him, and uh, with ties to New Jersey as well, which was great. In terms of what my plan Bs were. 
Um, my number two option, if I had to pick one, was Wisconsin. Uh, I actually received I received an offer from Wisconsin the day after I had committed to Virginia Tech. That's just how that kind of stuff goes. They all kind of follow the flock. Um, but that's too far away. It's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and I also loved Boston College, but when I visited, it was negative six degrees. That's not a joke or an exaggeration. It was literally negative six degrees. It's freezing cold. Uh, couldn't do it. Could not do it. Um, so, but I just felt at home at Virginia Tech. Grayson, go ahead, buddy. Honestly, you know, it's, it's crazy. I applied to Virginia Tech early decision because, you know, well, of course I did. Uh, I, I'm a third generation Hokie. That's how I market myself on this podcast. I always kind of knew coming up that I wanted to go to Virginia Tech, but in the event that I didn't get in, I had applied to JMU early action, uh, early action. It was like early decision, but wasn't binding. So that was interesting. Um, believe it or not, I got waitlisted there, which I think I, I think was very interesting. Now, granted, that was after I had already gotten into Virginia Tech. So at that point, I didn't care. But uh, you know what, man? I can't even say that I was going anywhere else. From day one on this earth, I was going to Virginia Tech. Put it on a t-shirt because I'll buy one of those t-shirts and wear it. Uh, this is my dad who asked the question. Obviously, you probably want to hear your guys' stories more than mine. But uh, yeah, all through childhood, all through uh, <laughs> my high school years, uh, early decision as well. Actually, was the only school I applied to and didn't really have a plan B. Um, had a couple schools that I checked out as well i think penn state was going to be plan b there but uh couldn't be more thankful that uh had the opportunity to go to school tech and graduate and be here with you guys jay fletcher with a, a question that pat has been fired up for for a while um current nike deal the uniforms your impressions on the overall aesthetics for virginia tech football right now love this question so here uh, is the current situation right now. Virginia Tech is under contract until 2022 with uh, with Nike, um, paying annually $1.6 million up until 2018, and then $1.8 million all the way through 2022. I'm sorry, that is the supplied product uh, product limit there. An interesting fact about that is the Nike deal that we are in right now was actually assembled before um, Mr. Babcock was hired. He did sign off on it. Um, so, fellas, what are your opinions, Pat? We'll start with you on this uh, Nike deal that we're in right now. We need to get a better deal. And Wit has done pretty much everything right here between – uh, you know, coaching hires, bringing back Stick It In, uh, putting an awesome focus on Olympic sports. And I think his next hurdle is going to be this Nike contract, whether we renew it and get absolutely paid, or if we jump ship and go to Under Armour because they have awesome gear as well. I, I really like what Under Armour has done with the Wisconsin's, the Navy's, the Boston Colleges, the Notre Dame's of the world, uh, South Carolina, Auburn, all just have very clean looks. Um, and I think um, Under Armour has done a great job with all of them. I think our current aesthetic, as far as like the fonts, I don't love the fonts. I don't love the really? uh, the current 
Yeah, I don't really. I'm not a huge fan of like the uh, the Virginia Tech in the end zone or the Hokies in the end zone. I think it's not like cartoonish, but I liked what we had in the early 2000s um, better. Uh, my favorite uniforms ever, aside from the 1999 team, were the 2004 to 2017. Um, so like the uh, the beginning of the Tyrod era, like kind of like the Eddie Royal era. Um, where they had like the orange piping um, around the maroon uniforms, very simple uniforms. Um, but yeah, like a little, I, I really like our current uniforms. You know, walking through the bookstore, seeing those Nike designs, I think they're, it, it left a lot to be desired. And I'm excited for 2022 when we can uh, have multiple contracts in front of us, and I know what's going to make the best decision for not just football, but also basketball and all the other uh, Olympic and uh, non-revenue sports as well. Honestly, boys, I I got to be devil's advocate here. I'm not okay with Under Armour. I don't want Russell Athletic. I don't want Adidas. I'm a Nike boy through and through. I don't care. I, I get it. The, tra- the the traffic. Excuse me. I'm I'm in my LA headspace. The contract, the contract that we have with them right now is, uh, it's bad. It's it's not okay. I trust Whit Babcock, and I think he likes Nike too much, and I think that he knows that a majority of Hokie faithful like Nike too much and is going to try and rework that deal to the best of his ability. Granted, if that cannot happen, I think he will go elsewhere. I will be upset about that. I'm not going to lie. I, we've just been Nike now for so long. Michael Vick wore Nike. Grayson Wimbish wears Nike. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I agree with the Nike. I, I want to stick with Nike. I want to restructure the deal. We um, Obviously, it's gotten kind of laxed. Um, one thing that drives me crazy about the Virginia Tech jerseys, just since you brought it up, is sometimes the, 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 the stripe on the jersey there's inconsistency with that. Some of the larger jerseys, they'll go all the way through the back and sometimes over yeah, the name. That back name. Yeah, it'll sometimes it does, go over yeah. the back. Yeah, and, and, and that that looks extremely tacky, uh, aside from the long right. names and the short names. So that drives me kind of crazy. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, top VT games you wish you were at and uh, the writer inner outlawed. Uh, no 1999 national championship game from Wacky Weko again. Um, fellas, for me, there are a lot of pictures of this in the facility. Obviously, I mentioned how much uh, you know I appreciate and love uh, Coach Cornell Brown. I'm going to go with the Texas Sugar Bowl back in 1995. Hokies started off 0-2, finished the season 10-2, beat Texas 28-10, and probably the biggest bowl, first biggest bowl game that we had as a program under Coach Beamer. Um, and I love New Orleans, so I'm going to go with uh, the Texas Sugar Bowl. For me, as much as I sure would have loved to have been at that 99 championship game, I cannot choose the 99 championship game. So I will say there were two games in recent years that I was not at. Both of them were away, and it bothers me very greatly that I was (laughs) not at both. Number one on that list is the Ohio State game at the Horseshoe. That was my freshman year of college. My dad had a ticket for me. And because I'd only been at Tech for like a week and a half at that point, I, I did want to stick around. I did not want to make that trip to Ohio. I thought wow. it was going to be too I, – I, I, yeah, I can't believe it. And if I had to do it over again, 
I, if I could write a letter to freshman year, uh, September 6th, Grace, I'd be like, what in the heck? Who are you? I, I mean, I, I am just so disappointed in myself that I, here, bro? I swear, man, I swear. It's one of my, it is, I think my biggest Virginia Tech football regret. Uh, a very close second on that list is not being at the 2016 Notre Dame game. Wasn't there either. It was cold. Noticing a trend, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shut it. Uh, I wasn't there. It irks the ever-loving stew out of me. It was my mom's birthday that day, and my dad knew that. That uh, Mama Jill was not about to want – she was not about to spend her birthday in South Bend in the freezing cold – Mama's not as big of a Hokie football fan as, as the Wimbish boys are, so we, we elected to stay home. Dad did have tickets to the game. He did have to sell them, and I'll guarantee you that he kicks himself for that just as much as I do, just as much as my brothers do. Uh, I would have loved to have been there to see us win in that comeback victory and throw my hands up and celebrate like touchdown Jesus. Pat, what do you got, man? Yeah, it's pretty easy for me. 2003 Miami. Miami comes into town, ranked number two. I think we were number 11, and we spank them 31-7. Give it to me, Roscoe. Give it to me. Uh, Eric Green has a pick six. Some people say that was the loudest Lane's ever been, uh, but absolutely just smoked them 31-7. And then uh, Nebraska game, 2009. Uh, hurts me that I wasn't there as well. Uh, the Miracle in Blacksburg, Tyrod did it, Mike Tyrod did it. Those two games, Lane Stadium history, those two are definitely uh, up there towards the tippity top. There we go. And now Clark Rowland, who a uh, little current situation right now is freaking out. The Nats are three outs away from uh, World Series victory. Um, so he's fired up about that. But he wanted to know and talk about the uniforms, fellas. So we just are going to like kind of, you know, workshop this, mention a few that stick out. I'm going to kick it off. Unpopular opinion here. I'm interested to see what y'all think. I actually really like the hokey feet helmets with the all white. Dude, what are you talking about? Those are the goofiest things. I have seen when they smacked those hokey hokey tracks on a helmet. We were just like, "What are we doing?" You see those on your on on your bumpers. Uh, you know, people like putting the hokey tracks on their car. They like putting the hokey tracks on their stickers. Girls will have the hokey tracks stickers on their faces on game day. To put that on a football helmet was honestly kind of hilarious. Um, but those were not good helmets. That and the foghorn leghorn hokey bird on uh, on the on the left side of the helmet against the UVA. Dude, those 20- were awesome. <laughs> dude, d- Bill, you are, Bill, Bill, you are out of line, dude. dude talking those are, those about are two bro. Of the most notoriously <laughs> disliked hokey helmets of all time, oh and Bill's gosh. out here plugging both of them. That's like saying uh, that's like saying you liked the. 2013 Bama gray jerseys. You guys oh, ever man. see that picture of James Gale standing there like a mannequin and he's in this grout fit of VT uniform? <laughs> that, like, when I think of this Nike contract, I think of those horrible, horrific 
uniforms from that Bama game. Who approved that? Yeah, that was, so, that, that was so bad. It was oh, – go ahead. That was bad. No, no, no. It was – It was. Uh, I remember so, – that's back like when Twitter was becoming a really big thing in, in college athletics. And uh, I remember somebody had tweeted a picture of Logan Thomas wearing that uniform from the back. And I was like, what have we done? Like, what? We're playing Alabama in the national spotlight in those uniforms. Wow. Wow is all I have to say. In terms of uh, some of my favorites, Russell Athletic Bowl 2012 helmet is undefeated. It will forever be my favorite. The uh, Matt, no, I don't love that one. The Matt Maroon with the fighting goblin. Oh, my god! I gosh. love that helmet. I love that. That helmet. helmet is iconic. It's a great helmet. Oh, I, I would wear that every game if we could. Uh, I do. I, I do. Not everybody loved them. I really do love the the hokey stone helmets with the pylons oh, that we yeah. wore against that Girl, we wore that, against Georgia Tech. Those are and, hideous. Those are disgusting. Dude. No, I, I Bill, Bill, you thought the Foghorn Leghorn one was cool, so I, I really just can't take you seriously here, man. Fam, we look like we're running around with like, uh, you know, like when you get when you move into like like uh, what's what's a good example here, like the Chase Apartments, and they put that like um, that like plastic covering to pretend that it's granite, but it's not. That's what they look like. They are hideous. I think that they were one of the better ones that uh, that we oh wore. <laughs> oh, um other hot ones love the pro combats from 2010 but with the oh, state black oh. loved the 2009 all combats versus uva the white oh. ones those super fresh the battle at bristol hokey stone uniforms the black hokey stone ones and then a couple weeks later we we mixed in the white against odu those two uniforms were absolutely absurd they were so awesome if you don't like those ones i don't know what you know what's wrong with your style those those were so cool um the the matte maroon that uh, we broke out i think florida state last year was that the first time we wore the matte maroon with the uh, the so. white with the white face mask I, I believe so i also really like the classic uh helmets we did for beamers coach beamers yes. last game against tulsa Bill, you had the chance to rock the, to rock that helmet, to rock that top. Um, that was a sharp look. I didn't love the orange pants with that one, but but that that helmet was sharp as a tack. A couple other shoe ins here. I, actually, I don't know if this is a shoe in. I loved the digital camo that we wore on Military Appreciation Day. I believe we wore them against Marshall. Um, do you guys remember the digital camo ones we wore them in the rain? Dude, I you, do. Have, you have an interesting uh, interesting. <laughs> flavor yeah I yeah it was either <laughs> okay what about what about the ones we wore against ohio state the chrome the chrome orange yeah not a fan. awesome not i a thought fan. they look great i think uh, i think it's really cool when we wear the uh, the chrome orange with the helmet stripe across the middle um those are pretty sweet um and then you know my dad will always say my favorite uniform is maroon lids maroon tops White pants, the classic. You know, it's you know September in Lane Stadium. You're wearing maroon, maroon, and white. Mm-hmm. Um, all maroon everything always looks sharp too when it's a big game. Thankfully, we beat Carolina in all maroon everything because that hasn't been great to us lately. Um, 
What we wore versus Notre Dame in 2016. Maroon lids, white tops, white pants, and then like uh, white orange shoes. Those were awesome. And I'm really hoping we bring them back here this weekend. Well, Nashville's just won the World Series, boys. Yeah, we. Uh, I hate to interrupt, but the, the Washington Nationals just have won the World Series. That, <laughs> I, you know what, boys? I think we got to wrap up on that right there. I was really, I gotta say, I gotta say I really shut up because I didn't want to, I didn't want to jinx it. I was saying, I was, I mentioned, uh, I mentioned uh, the, the tweet and I was like, oh no, if this goes south, I'm going to have to cut all of that out of here. So shout out to the (laughs) but um, that's awesome. Super happy for you guys. Obviously, if you get a chance, tweet at us for the free Benny's pizza, pictures of homecoming, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Fellas, you have any parting words here? Go Hokies in South Bend. If you're going to South Bend, let us know. Pat and I will be there. We're super excited to go. We'd love to link up, love to hit some tailgates. Uh, y'all got any closing words, Grayson? Honestly, man, for all for all my family members who are from D.C., my mom is from Arlington, and all my, my Hokie friends who, who are from Nova, I got to say, congratulations to the Washington Nationals. I think that's so cool. I'll be watching the Notre Dame game in California, holding it down on the West Coast. Uh, Go Hokies, as always, and that's pretty much it for me, man. Pumped up for a family weekend up in South Bend. Pumped that Billy's going to be there as well. Uh, It's my brother's senior night for soccer on Friday night. They're playing Pittsburgh, so that'll be fun. And then going to be an awesome tailgate. It's going to be in the, uh, the high 30s on Saturday, another little chilly episode in South Bend and uh, ready for Tech to do it again. Yeah, good stuff, guys. Looking forward to it, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. 3 2. Here it is! The Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history.